Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 177. Are you naughty or nice? We're in the Matrix. Merry Christmas, because we're doing the Matrix movies, and we're also doing our picks of uh, Christmas movies. Uh, we're going to be covering The Matrix 1, and then Zach's picks of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, but before we get into that, guys, what, what the hell you been playing, watching, or doing? Uh, we'll start off with Andy. Well, good, because uh, nothing, pretty much. <laughs> I, 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 played, I played a bunch a bunch more Forza. I, I've now beat every normal race in the game. I've three-starred every speed zone except one, and I know what I need to do to do that one. I just we had to record this stupid show, so I just stopped playing my race game. <laughs> um, I actually have... Uh, I've been painting a lot, painting in the game, and... I, I, my, my TV is in another room for my computer, and I kept thinking, like, it would be nice if I could, like... Listen, I was listening to podcasts. I started them on my phone. I put my phone in my front pocket in my flannel so I can hear it. But uh, I wanted to watch YouTube videos or something. So I built out of cardboard a little stand I put on a stool in front of the television so I can watch YouTube documentaries while I paint cars now. That's been working out really well. I've been watching a bunch of videos from a guy named Imp Lemon or something like that. He had some documentaries about... Uh, I think I found him because I was watching Donut Media stuff, which is about cars, and I watched his documentary about the Talladega Raceway, and now I'm watching his his videos about fucking memes and SpongeBob and The Simpsons, and it's, it's a huge rabbit hole now, but he's a pretty good YouTuber, and I just watched a bunch of Forza, or played a bunch of Forza. And you, you played Forza with me, Zach, and your friends, so... Yeah, we, we got a group together, and it kind of worked... Eventually, it took a while. It took me at least an hour and a half until I actually started racing with you guys <laughs> because of that. It eventually decided to get a shit together. Yeah, yeah it, it saw that we weren't going to give up, so it said, "Oh, fine, I'll work." I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll go next because uh, there's only two things I've done. Um, I played Halo Infinite. I'm so into that. Uh, people are actually fucking shitting on it um because of the progression system i will say the progression system is not that great um they kind of take away the kill death ratio and they give you like these challenges and that's how you do the the battle system because there's no way to check your stats like if you go on halowaypoint.com you could check the old games for your kill death ratio but when you look at halo infinite it just says (laughs) it just says here's your guy that's it <laughs> and what challenges and what level your battle passes um so i'm kind of missing yeah. that but like at the same time the game came out for a week uh you know when did that surprise launch on november 15th people were like ma- making it out like all oh, this game's gonna die in a month and every time I see like people like me that just don't give a shit about like battle passes or having a blast, like when we go into the game, we're having fun. And I think that's what matters the most. But like all these fucking normie idiots that like want to have like this uh, dopamine fucking effect in their gaming. But like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, this level and. Uh, I've unlocked this. Where's my battle royale and all that shit? Like, fuck off. The f- game is <laughs> game is fun. <laughs> Just fucking have fun. Whatever happened to video games being fun? Now everything's like I have to 
be this great content TikTok up my ass creator and all that stuff and show me show my cool moves whatever happened to just how we played Forza just fucked around I I, I am think, I, uh, I think Ronald Reagan talked about this it's called the silent majority yeah people who are playing the game just play it and they don't whine but people who whine are the ones who are getting heard because everyone else is too busy having a nice time Dubs, didn't you make a video about this? Yes, on my YouTube uh, channel on JoeDubs35, uh, I ranted about everything that I just said. So if you want to hear it again, just go over there. And then somebody called me out in uh, the comment section. They said, you're complaining about the progression system, but bought the battle pass? I said, yes, because I'm a fucking Halo uh, fucking asshole, and I wanted the armor that i wanted so i bought it <laughs> hey all you halo assholes come play our new game <laughs> the heart no wants win. what it wants yeah but I, I got the samurai armor so i'm happy about that uh but other than that i mean you just had you just had criticisms of it you were like saying oh it was totally trash or so there were other people were complaining more about it yeah i i i pretty much kind of bent my knee because remember we all uh like every time we bring it up about loot boxes or microtransactions or way the gaming like how they launch games very bare bones i kind of yeah. go hey you guys always talk about when your games are fucking good and uh or your games is you're happy about it but it's not fully a game and we complained about it and you tell us to wait more time until it's better so I kind of just threw that back into their face. I'm like, this game just came out. Give it 343 some time and see what they do with it. So I'm using yeah. the same logic they use, and they're all acting like the game's going to die, which I think is retarded. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but Forza, on the other hand, I love the game. Every time I turn it on, I have a blast with it. And uh, playing playing with you, <laughs> you guys and... Uh, me uh terming the paul walkering it um and having everybody laugh <laughs> that was pretty cool and then all the Forza other will die and it's busted yeah <laughs> and it has over it barely 10... works and people are still desperate yeah, and it has like 10 million players or whatever so yeah it's crazy <laughs> wow crazy um but like it's genuinely fun or something wow <laughs> fun uh I guess one thing I kind of want to bring up, because uh, I dived in into watching WWE Raw for like a few minutes. Oh no! And because MJF and CM Punk are doing their thing now, Edge and fucking Miz are trying to have the same type of reaction to that same manner. Um, because CM Punk called MJF like a cheap Miz or whatever, and so they're trying to cash on it. And I'm like, this is retarded. <laughs> this is stupid they're firing back the miss are fired back the miz is overpasses prime but i i i digress on that i just Time for a new monday night war <laughs> they're a trying one the fans are trying to do that and i don't understand why there's there's no war happening it's just yeah. can we can we double back for just a second because sure. i did watch a movie i forgot to bring up sure uh, um i didn't mean to watch it it was more like i checked imdb to 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 fact check something and it said it was on prime and i could play now and i hit okay and i just kind of ended up watching it 
over the course of the evening, like screwing around on the computer and doing other stuff. Did you guys ever watch the movie Babes in Toyland? No. No. Why has no one seen this movie? It's so bizarre to me. Uh, there was a VHS of it at my grandmother's house when I was a kid. So we watched it like a hundred times because she only had like five tapes or something like that. And um, I never realized as it, it was like a direct to television special it was filmed in and around cincinnati at this like storybook um kids park or something and uh it's got fucking keanu reeves in it and he's like 16 in it or something whoa (laughs) whoa (laughs) uh he's in it and um drew barrymore is in it and she's like 14 in it and it's got uh pat uh, what's the guy's name? Moriya, uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid in it as well. And when I was a little kid, I didn't know who any of those people were. So I sat there and watched Babes in Toyland, which, by the way, I'm not recommending you go watch it. It's not a good movie, <laughs> but it's, it's baffling. It's like super low budget. They clearly just had this this um this amusement park where they could film it, and everyone's in just like real shitty like mother goose costume and but then the 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 monsters are like really well designed and really scary looking it's it's strange it's very strange and there's like a few musical places in it and like three different times they're like man cincinnati must be really proud of pete rose it is strange (laughs) (laughs) They name dropped Pete Rose like several times. I'm like, yeah, he's great. What 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 are you doing? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, well, I, and I guess one movie that I watched with my dad because I was like, oh, let me watch this again because I've already seen it and I kind of wanted to see it, knowing that I know about the ending, is Shutter Island with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and boy, oh boy, do you do you catch some things that you're just like, oh, that's why they did that. You know, because, you know, the psychiatrist and all the guards are acting funny and that's the reason why. I'm not going to spoil it because pretty much the twist is the big part of the movie, even though it's a 10 year old or 11 year old movie at this point. Um, I still think the I won't want to spoil it for people, but you catch things on the second time that you watch the movie. So. That, that's all I did, uh, Zach. What about you? What have you been watching, playing, or doing? Well, I've been I've been playing Forza a little bit here and there. Uh, I've been digging a little bit into my backlog of NES games, just playing random stuff when uh, the mood strikes me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably I'm looking at. Um, Pairing my NES collection down, probably. <laughs> um, something about NES games, I don't know. I got mixed feelings about a lot of them. They suck. Just put them in a put them in a burlap sack and drop them in a creek. No, I'm not gonna be doing that. <laughs> but I got, I got a few that are worth some money. Uh, I've watched a bunch of movies. Uh, I, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street five. The Dream Child. And then I, I watched Freddy's Dead. It's not Nightmare on Elm Street 6. It's just Freddy's Dead. <laughs> um, but Dream Child was was pretty good. It was still kind of holding up that storyline they started in 3 from Dream Warriors. It's kind of yeah. continuing that 
arc. I guess you call it the dream arc. Uh, I I felt like it was it was getting a little tired though at the end. Like I didn't dislike it, but it was just like okay, I think I think they're about out of gas here, and that's why they made Freddy's dead because they're like, yeah, we're out of gas. We need to just finish it. <laughs> but Freddy's dead's weird because it's like it's a lot more goofy and comedic than like all the other ones are. Yeah, I don't remember that movie whatsoever. I know I've seen it, but I don't remember what happens in it at all. It's mostly just like special effects, like re- really good special effects for the time, and then like Freddy being funny. That's <laughs> kind of like what you watch it for, because like the plot is just like all over the place, and stuff happens that like makes no sense in it a couple times. I feel like they tried to rush it, like they. It's like instead of them. You know how in every other movie they establish like what's why something's happening, what's going on, why is how what's the deal with Freddy? There's none of that this time. It's just it's just like some guy's already in a dream and he's falling, and then there's no explanation. Then he falls into the real world somehow, and he has no name, and he ends up in a fucking troubled home for troubled teenagers or whatever the shit. And oh mixes. yeah, yeah, I do. Re- I recall that. That sounds familiar. And. Yeah, it goes from there, and there's just it's like the movie just kind of haphazardly stumbles through the plot, which honestly, it feels just more like it's a special effects showcase. It feels like Robert Englund wants to have fun, and let's do some cool special effects, and let's just finish this off. <laughs> it's kind of what it is. Uh, don't dislike it, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless you like really like those movies. I've seen wor- much worse, though. Um then I watched Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, Sunday. <laughs> tell me about it. You want, you want me to tell you all about it? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> like... Is it really called Welcome to Raccoon City? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's kind of lame. Okay, well, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's like they're, they're, they're starting anew. And um, basically, they had this idea that let's just make one movie... And kind of follow the plot of the game somewhat, but not exactly. And let's let's just shove one and two together into one movie. Let's do that. That's what they did. <laughs> With sprinkles of Code and Veronica, apparently. Just a little, just a little snippet, really. Um, it still it feels really bizarrely out of place, though, when you see like what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like the weird video of them pulling the wings off the dragonfly and letting the ants eat them. So there's just there's just video f- film. There's like a reel of film of that in the lab in Raccoon City for some reason. That's just there. <laughs> Makes no fucking sense. But um, yeah, like the characterization for a lot of the characters they put in there is like I'll give them that. They tried to put more of the characters from the games in there. Pretty much everybody in this movie is allegedly a character from the games. But none of them are, like, almost anywhere near, like, what their persona is. Only one that is is, like, Claire, kind of. And even then, they still kind of go out in the weeds with her a little bit. Leon's awful. They did him dirty. (laughs) They did him real dirty in this movie. I heard Leon's the comedy of the the group. He He is the butt of all the jokes. He's, like, a lazy, slacker, inept... Like, <laughs> like one of the funniest things is like, 
We yeah, I know, right? It's like he's falling asleep. Like he falls asleep three times through the movie. Like he has fucking narcolepsy or some <laughs> shit. I'm not joking. And like literally, the one of the big scenes, you know, where the tanker tr- crashes in like Resident Evil Two and explodes and it splits him up. Mm-hmm. Well, the way they set that up is is like the zombie dude like s- fucking crashes and he slides into the front of the police station, but the police station's doors are open, totally open, and the gates open. And Leon's at the front desk fucking asleep. <laughs> and that doesn't wake him up. <laughs> and, and, like, a flaming zombie walks in, and that doesn't wake him up either. It's just like, what the fuck? And, but the funniest thing, though, is, like, he picks up a shotgun, and he doesn't know how to fucking operate it or anything. Oh, my like, God. What, fuck, what, what is this? It's just, <laughs> it's awful. Wesker's bad, too. He's he's not right. Uh, Birkin. There was no... Birkin was different, but you could say, okay, sure, I could buy that as a movie, Birkin. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry wasn't in it at all, which really bothered me. <laughs> it's like, they, they, they kept everybody from Alpha Team except Barry, and I was like, why? Why did they not include Barry? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, this hall's dangerous. They needed that, that scene. Yeah. Um, but it, I would get... Man, I could talk about that movie for a while, but that's not why we're here. Like, we'll have to save that for like another time or something. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll save that for a Nemesis project uh, when I see the movie because I'm seeing it Sunday. So you are good. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna okay. Well, it'll still be fresh in my mind. So okay. Other than that, anything? <laughs> else? Really, I, yeah, no, not really. Don't really recommend it. I mean, unless you're like. Uh, you're like an autistic Resident Evil fan that has to see it. <laughs> the only reason why you would see it. That's why I'm saying like it. Me. <laughs> That's why I'm yeah. saying it. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Time to do some Matrix stuff. So this movie's really old. So, I mean, we're not going to go into a deep dive about the plot. Whoa. It's really old? It's like M? It's like as old as M? Or it's old as... No, is no. Is it as old as those movies? Okay. I, is I, it black and white? I'm talking about Matrix it. first? Okay. Yeah, we'll talk. It's it. twenty-two years old. It's not that old. I mean, to, maybe to our younger listeners to be like, "Oh my god, nineteen ninety-nine." it would be. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole older millennium. <laughs> it feels very nineties though when you watch it. And when, you, when I, I always try to put into context, like, what's a movie I like that came out the year before I was born, and th- that does help kind of put it into into context. It's like when we watch 70s movies or 90, 80s movies. I I quickly explained to my friend because she's like not a movie watcher, but like you have to like explain to her about the movie before she watches it. She's kind of weird. But anyway, I, I was like, oh, it's a guy who got a message on a computer about following a white rabbit. And he like got out of like the simulation world and he was told he was the one. And then he was told he was not the one. Then he got shot by an agent and then he's magically the one. And <laughs> the end. <laughs> we can skip a lot, but yeah. I mean, it's the gist of of, of what it's happening. But I, I kind of want to explain about before we like talk about what we like and what we don't like. Uh, there's some f- fun facts about this movie. Uh, Janet Jackson was approached uh, to play the role of Trinity, but turned it down because the scheduling clash with her tour. Um, Johnny. Fuck. 
Johnny Depp was the Wachowski's first choice to play Neo, but Warner Brothers pushed them to use Keanu Reeves after Will Smith, Nicolas Cage, Brad Pitt, Val Kilmer, uh, Val Kilmer had all turned it down. So how shitty is Oh my is god, that? could you imagine Nicolas Cage in the <laughs> Matrix? Oh my god. Um, Whoa. I could buy him as an agent, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if that was him instead of... Who was that? Hugo Weaving? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Instead of him, like, could you imagine him going nuts? I've got to get the fuck out of here! Like, he's just freaking out. <laughs> uh, another fun fact I want to bring up. The rooftop set used in the opening sequence was left over from the 1998 movie Dark City. So a lot of people, like, try to do, like, these stupid-ass theories uh, that Dark City is, like, another program of the simulation of the matrix because they saw that set in the movie so <laughs> you have that and apparently gary oldman and samuel jackson were considered to play the role of morpheus but you know obviously lawrence fishburn born um was the obvious pick um not obvious enough that they can bring him back for the new one or did they who knows we don't know yeah we don't know um apparently him and hugo weaving had like other scheduling problems um but they could always like cop that out in a way because in the when the oracle the actress died they got like a new person and she's like oh i have a new shell this is my new avatar uh, but I'm the same old Oracle and all this stuff, so they could kind of do that for, I guess, Agent Smith or uh, Morpheus in Matrix 4. I guess we'll see uh, when that movie comes out. Um, so, uh, when was the first time you guys actually seen this movie? Um, I think it was in 99. I did not see this movie in theaters, which I've always regretted. Mm. But it was one of those situations where I was hanging out with a bunch of friends. Uh, this would have been, I was in eighth grade, seventh grade. I can't remember. I was hanging out with a bunch of friends and it was like, oh, you didn't see the Matrix? Oh, we're going to rent it. We rented it and some other movies and some other video games and whatever. And they put the Matrix on and it's me and you know a bunch of my friends having a pizza party or whatever the hell we were doing. And they all get distracted. They're looking at something on the computer. They're screwing around with other stuff but not me i just sat there and watched the matrix i can remember it very distinctly because i was like I, you know not like blown away by the movie or anything it's just i'd never really seen anything like it and that's not to say the stuff like it hadn't come before because the matrix is just an amalgamation of a ton of stuff the wachowskis were inspired by and ripped off and play homages to but to me as a kid i was like Whoa! This is this is so this is so interesting and different, and I don't know. It, it, it that that always really stuck with me because I can distinctly remember watching The Matrix for the first time, and of course after that, always being a fan of it and being excited for the other two, and then having opinions about that, which will we will discuss in the weeks to follow. But as far as The Matrix goes, if you can put The Matrix in a bubble and call that bubble 1999, holy shit, man! The, this movie, there's. I mean, I know I still want to hear about when Zach saw this movie for the first time, but the thing about the Matrix is there's like 30 different ways to approach it to discuss it. 
it revolutionized special effects and introduced bullet time and all this other stuff. Also, it's like an allegory for existentialism and Taoist principles and Neo is the Christ figure and there's a bunch of Catholic, uh, Catholic references uh, but also the soundtrack kicks ass. You know, like you could discuss this movie in so many different ways and it's almost like I don't even know where to start with it. Yeah. Zach, what about you? When's the first time you've seen this movie? Oh, well, uh, I've seen... I saw parts of it, like, around when it was new, but I never actually watched it all the way through until, like, oh, four or five years ago. Okay. <laughs> so, so, like, pretty late to that party. I just, I knew things from it, just from cultural osmosis, you know, the, oh, I know Kung Fu, that there is no spoon. Honestly, though, I, I won't lie, when he did the thing where he was, like, learning all the martial arts, and he's like, whoa, holy shit. He, he just keeps wanting to learn him. And he, he goes, I know Kung Fu. That just got me. <laughs> the way he does it, just something about the way Keanu Reeves does things makes me laugh sometimes. Mm. But um, not saying he's a bad actor. I don't think that. He has a very particular range <laughs> that he's good at. But um, and, and when you mention all those other guys being cast for this movie, I'm like, I can't. I don't. No, man. Keanu Reeves is Neo. This, this movie would have been outrageously different if you would have recast anyone, I think. Neo, Morpheus, Trinity, or Agent Smith. If you recast any of them, I think the entire movie would change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this, movie, th- this movie is the sum of its parts in so many different ways. Like I said, it's a reference to like action movies that came before it it's a reference to hong kong kung fu movies it's a reference to like gun kata movies it's a reference to anime it's a reference to cyberpunk but this is like this is like a 90s star wars of action movies and cyberpunk stuff pretty much I, I before i get into like how i saw the movie I, i think what's great about this movie is like it pretty much did a new era, of, obviously because of the new technology and how they like told the story in it, in this movie, um, because it was like something new. I mean, you have this weird movie about like simulation world and the robots, even though we know there's been stories about robots taking over humans, uh, AKA Terminator. Um, but like they took that and then they took simulation um, which apparently there was no exposition in the original script. Warner Brothers actually forced the Wachowskis to put exposition. Maybe that's why we got scenes with Morpheus about you know the you know this the real world, how like we destro- uh, destroyed the world, uh, and now we're like batteries, we're energy. Like I wonder if that's the exposition that was inputted into the script by warner brothers just so that like people won't be like what the fuck is going on here um but other than that like when when you're in the simulation world uh seeing that freeze frame and that bullet time which apparently warner brothers actually trademarked the bullet time in 2005 uh (laughs) so like that's their thing i guess in movies uh maybe they people had to pay for that I, i have no idea uh, but it, it, it was revolutionary, no pun intended, since that's like the, I think the third movie name, Revolution. 
um because i think the second one's called reloaded um but it, it, it i remember seeing this movie and this is where i'm gonna get into my story because i almost didn't want to see this movie uh, because i remember me and my cousins and my dad and we all went to blockbuster if anybody remembers that i know the younger people won't but uh blockbuster we picked up three movies since i'm a big resident evil fan i chose day of the dead um because i wanted a zombie movie my dad wanted outbreak um with the uh what's that guy's name uh dennis hoffman uh and then my cousin wanted the matrix because it just came out uh in blockbuster and i was like no i don't watch a stupid movie with keanu reeves because <laughs> uh i i just didn't like bill and ted uh back then i was like i don't know this is stupid this just wasn't my thing back in the day but uh i i popped it we we popped in the matrix and the matrix series is probably my top movies of all time uh interstellar is still my number one movie of all time um but Mat oh, wow. but matrix one was my favorite movie of all time because when i saw this movie like my brain exploded with the you know the whole thing about wow is this world a simulation like i'm i'm that type of weirdo conspiracy person be like oh we're in a simulation what's going on here and this movie kind of just like breaks your mind with that um but uh that's my experience about that I, i've never seen it in in theaters after i saw the first one the second one and the third one i did see it in movie theaters and then i saw the animatrix uh when it came out on dvd which we're, we're not reviewing uh by the way we're gonna uh, we're just doing the movies with keanu reeves in it i'm gonna try to watch it anyway yeah I it. yeah me and too i really like it it's short too so it's it, it's an easy quick watch yeah but uh oh i just turn off the camera i guess anyway um andy what is what is the uh the movies that you uh what is the part of the movies that you liked about uh the matrix i worded that so wrong yeah that, what's, what's the your question? favorite what's your favorite part of the movie well favorite part yeah uh, oh jesus christ um i mean i hate to get all you know cliche teenager he plays uh counter-strike on you here but i mean the the gunfight in the hotel, in the lobby at the bottom of the the government building mm -hmm. and holy shit man that's like one of the most famous action scenes in any movie ever shot mm -hmm. um other than that uh I, I i hate to say it all my favorite stuff is all the stuff that happens in the matrix because mm -hmm. i understand the purpose of making everything in the real world grim and dark and bleak and badly lit, but it's just, it's boring to look at. I, I like the fact that when they do exposition, they don't just sit Neo in a chair and say, okay, now listen, there's robots and they took over the world and we're batteries now. They like load him into a thing and they use all these fun um, examples and visuals and there's the two chairs and the television and he shows him the world and it's us that, that blacked out the sky and stuff like that so i just all, all the fun fun stuff that happens in the matrix is my favorite part uh zach what about you what's your favorite parts of the matrix <clears throat> yeah the 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 gunfight down there in the office building is cool and i actually thought a little bit more deeply about that i was like you know they could have just like 
had a bunch of ammo for their guns, but instead they just said, "No, you're just going to use different guns." Like you run out of ammo for that gun. You just yeah, you just switch to guns. It's it's faster. You just drop what you got and get new guns. That's how the cowboys used to do it. They used to walk around and have like five different guns on them because you know shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean the guy uh, uh, tank just like types on a keyboard for a second and it spawns two billion guns. Like you know why 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 not? <laughs> yeah, it's it's cooler that way anyway though. Uh, it's oh, it's funny the part when they get to the metal detector and the security guard and he's like, oh fuck. Um, I also like the um the stuff when like like I said, like when Neo's learning all the martial arts and then he looks at he looks at Morpheus, he's like, I know Kung Fu. And he's like, Show me. And then they have like the Kung Fu fight, that's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And he's like telling him, it's like, No man, you're you're you don't think about it so much. Just just believe it. Just do you know, be like Naruto, believe it. He told him that. He actually told him that in nineteen ninety nine. One of my favorite lines and the way he delivers it is, do you think that's air you're breathing? Yeah. And then the movie le- leaves it for a beat so you, the viewer, also get to think about it. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's, yeah, I liked all that stuff. I liked all, a lot of the stuff with, with Morpheus who's like kind of explaining how the Matrix works or any of these rules and stuff. Um, what else did I like? I'm pretty much in agree with Andy, though. Pretty much all the stuff in the, Ma- in the Matrix is just more interesting and fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Zion and the real world kind of thing is a little bland and boring. Um, the only time they- I, I don't want to, I don't want to give off the impression that it's just boring. Like they should cut it out of the movie. It's just you know. When you put one against the other, what what do you expect it to choose? It's it's there as much as it needs to be. Yeah, really. I I don't feel like God. Oh, there's just too much of this shit. No, it's it's there enough to let you know like what's really going on. That said, there are some really good scenes that take place in the real world. I, one of my favorite scenes now. It didn't used to be, but for some reason in this viewing, the last couple, I, this scene always strikes me. It, it's important too, but how interesting it is when uh cypher is using the computer late at night and neo walks in he goes oh you scared the bejesus out of me and they talk about the matrix how it's just the digital rain oh i don't even see the code anymore she's blonde brunette redhead that line has stuck with me forever because like so he doesn't see I, i it's not worth getting into the minutia of it but i really like that scene um but that's before he starts to load up his uh, uh, date night with uh, Agent Smith, at, you know, eating steak. Like, this steak is really good. <laughs> something else that always stuck with me. I think about that steak, the, the, the bite he takes all the time, because it looks like the most appetizing bite of food I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I know it's not real, but hey. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. But but, yeah. but that's when you get like into the like the matrix thing because remember when you feel pain in the matrix, your brain thinks that you're actually like hurt, and that's why like when you fell onto uh to the street, your brain makes it real. Yeah. So like yeah. I, so you know by that logic, is he wrong? Yeah, maybe <laughs> that that's that's the core. Like you were saying, I was explaining this movie to a friend, and it's about how he's the one, but then he's not, but then he is. Mm-hmm. That's. You're, you're correct. That's the quick and dirty. What's this movie about? But I think this movie is about... Do you guys know what the cave allegory is? Mm. It, it's kind of like baby's first existentialist thought. I think Plato wrote it. And it's... um About the it, thought, shadows and everything, the light. 
pretty much in the cave. Yeah. yeah, okay. But like it's a thought experiment. Uh someone has only ever lived in this cave and they're like uh, I guess strapped down or something and they look at this wall and the only thing they ever see is people behind them are using puppets or cutouts or their fingers or whatever to cast light on the wall and that's the only thing they've seen their entire life so their perception of reality would be that there are only ever shadows on a cave wall that's the only that's the only thing that that there could ever possibly be because they they've never seen anything else it's impossible for them to even conceive of 3d objects or color or people or animals or places or anything like that because their brain has never learned to even consider something like that and that's that's kind of the crux of like the um uh what's his name mouse talks about it in the scene where they're eating mm-hmm. oh i think it tastes like tasty wheat it's all like a bowl it's not uh how you know how do you know what tasty wheat tastes like you never had it he says this is exactly my point how do the machines know what it tastes like machines can't taste so they had to program the matrix and they had to like program what everything tastes like. They don't know. Machines can't taste. So how do we know they didn't get everything wrong? And then, well, and then... I, I, I think that's why. And, you know, it, it goes into the second and third movie where you have the Oracle and the architect uh, where the Oracle is kind of trying to learn about humans and stuff. And that's why she's always like. And we'll get into this obviously when we get to those movies, but like he, he, she kind of gets in the head of Morpheus about telling about the one, um, and you know, gets Keon, uh, Neo uh, or, or Mr. Anderson to come out. Um, but like what you were talking about the cave and thing, yeah, I, I've always I read into that and I also rewatched the movie and, and thought about that as well. Uh, but I the reason why I told my friend. Uh, the the easy plot like that is because no offense to people but majority of the people think like that you know that's why this is such a great movie and i've talked about this with other movies before but i think the matrix is probably the best possible example of it is if you just want to see an excellent action movie this is like one of the best action movies to come out that decade maybe ever i would say this the action in this movie kicks ass it's great but if you're a thinky, smarty brain person, there's an awful lot here to consider as well about the nature of existentialism and religion and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was going to say about uh, the, the real world, uh, because it, it, look, it, it is bland, but like there is like story building in the second and third about Zion. Zion. The one thing that like captured my mind, and I know I'm like diving into the second movie, but there's a part where you're just like, oh my god, why why is this happening here? How did he stop that robot? And I'm I'm not spoiling it for a reason because I want to save it for the other one. I'm like, okay, the real world's getting interesting now with you know what's happening with Neo and the war. Uh but like in Matrix One, uh the whole simulation and finding about the oracle that also like made me think i'm like i want to know more about this world why are there characters that know they're in a simulation and why is that person oracle she could see the future she some type of programmer is the agents kind of like 
are are they the ro are they the soldiers for the robots in this uh this simulation like they're sentient programs oh. yeah so like my mind like automatically it's like i was my mind was fucking blown when that shit was happening um, well doesn't doesn't the movie also do a good job of making you think wait a minute could the matrix be a thing am i in a dream because neo or neo morpheus talks about have you ever had a dream that you were so sure was real and then you wake up and of course it wasn't what if you never woke up from that dream how would you know Mm -hmm. And they talk about that. They talk about the deja vu thing. Oh, deja vu. Oh, I saw the same black cat twice. Lots of little things like that. And you start thinking, wait a minute, what are all these things? What is happening? Like to this day, if I feel deja vu, I'll say, oh, a glitch in the... I don't say I had deja vu. I say, oh, a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it, it, th this movie obviously like blown my mind about possible simulation worlds and all this i mean obviously we, we play video games like video games are becoming so real so photogenic in a way you're just kind of like holy shit if it's like real as that is can somebody program something where right now we're talking to each other in a podcast in the simulation like that, that, that's, that's fucking mind-blowing in my opinion um there's really nothing that i disliked about the movie there's nothing that I could think of. The music's great. Um, the bullet time's great. The action is great. The world building is great, in my opinion. Um, writing, I think, can confuse normies a little bit, um, especially when they're talking about Matrix, but they dumb it down for the normies. Um, when it yeah, I don't know if it's fair to say the normies because the first time i saw this movie i was confused mm -hmm. wait what like it really is just kind of it appeals now this is 1999 mind you but i still think there's a lot of the early 90s in this movie because it appeals to the whole fuck authority kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah i love the whole uh you know we're gonna we want you to help us find morpheus and he says okay well how about i give you the finger and you give me my phone call. It's like, you know, fuck authority, man. And we're fighting it. And he's like, uh, he's a hacker and all this other stuff. And it, it's kind of a shame because if you think about it too hard, innocent people die in this movie clearly, like by the, the definitions of the film, the soldiers and police officers and stuff. But it kind of feels okay because fuck authority, man. Like they're the man and they're, they're, that's, that's the, that's the system. And I'm pissed off at them. You know, that kind of thing. And then to top it all off, the way it ends is just Neo f flies into the sky and then Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the fucking <laughs> Machine plays. <laughs> Wake <Yes>. up plays. <laughs> oh my god. That was great. I guess since we're there, who is he talking to? Do you think it's another red pill that he's unlocking? Is that like the idea that he's like... I think so. I, I prefer to think, this is just my headcanon, that he really is breaking the fourth wall. That it's the movie telling you, no, the Matrix has you. You need to wake up. And that Neo is talking to you, the viewer, in the theater or at home or whatever. I that's headcanon because I think that's cool. But I can't remember. But I think one of the stories in the Animatrix is about the person he's talking to. Mm -hmm. And then I think in, in Reloaded, there's a kid there. 
and I think it's him. Maybe. I, I might be misremembering this. I haven't watched the sequels in a while. I watch the first Matrix like every few years, every couple of years, but I haven't watched Reloaded and Revelations in, in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, what else did I want to bring up? Uh, the mouse was in uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, uh, Agent Smith, amazing villain, by the way. Uh, my... I, I think it's one of Hugo Weaving's best performances, and I've seen him give much more like a varied uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this movie, though, it calls for that same stupid, like, cool guy, smarmy, monotone way of speaking. Everyone is very sure of themselves and very cool. And Hugo Weaving, he, like, modeled his voice after um, news anchors or something like that. 50s news anchors, I think he said. And uh, he's not, he doesn't get to emote a ton, but he's, he does... He rings every single drop possible out of that emotional range that they give him. I, I, I like I said, if they if they would have recast him or or any of the core four people, this would have been a different movie. He he's excellent in this movie. I love him to death. I, I like his character development in this in this movie because he like he's following orders of whatever authority that is above the agents, and then he's kind of like. I hate this world. Like, why am I doing all this shit? Like, I want to get out. You guys smell. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, his performance in that scene is like fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's the smell. Man, and uh, I'm saturated by it. <laughs> it seems really interesting too, because when the other two ages come in, they see he took off his little earpiece and he took he took sunglasses off. And shit, and he's like, "What were you doing? <laughs> like, what the wait? What is is he in trouble? Like." It's he never got to find out if he was in trouble or not. Yeah, he, he he's like going rogue. He's going off of the simulation path or whatever. He's going off the programming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing Luckily, I, he's dead, and we don't have to see him again. Yeah. Maybe, I guess. We'll see in Matrix 4, I guess. Um, I, I guess I want to bring this up. Why did the Oracle tell Neo that he's not the one, uh, and then all of a sudden he became the one? They, so she she told him what he needed to hear. That's yeah. all she ever does. Like that's the point. Like she's telling everyone the stuff that they need to get the proper motivations. It's it's the vase. It's the exact same thing. Is um. Whoa, well, blow your mind is if whether or not you broke it. If I told you about it or not, exactly. That's exactly Zach Zach nailed it on the head. It's the exact same thing. Would he have realized he was the one if she hadn't told him he wasn't the one? Hmm. Like, if he came in and she's like, oh, you're the one! Uh, kick ass! You can fly like Superman! Did you know that? Like, would would he have had the... It's almost as if toward the end of the movie he goes Super Saiyan or some shit. Like, <laughs> Morpheus is in danger, and then Trinity's in danger, and he's and then he's in danger, and it's like all these things stack up on top of each other, and... And it's like it builds to a head, and then he gets shot, and the you know the movie kind of makes you second guess the whole thing for a second, and then oh yeah, he's the one. So <laughs> I I think it's the same thing. Like she told him that, so it motivated him to do all that stuff. But would he have done all that stuff if she didn't tell him? He would have been the one anyway, right? Would he have knocked the vase over, whether she said something or not? Ah, brain explode. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I and I guess this is another like. 
talking point that we could talk about when we get to the second third movie but like when he defeats agent smith by like diving into his body and making him explode um i guess he deleted him he he deleted him but i also want to like <laughs> give you this question but you don't need to answer it now until we get to the second and third movie did neo his code get into agent smith where he's kind of like the same the yin and yang kind of the thing because they we end up determined to talk about those other two movies we gotta talk about the matrix in a bubble yeah. don't talk about the, the sequels the sequels taint this movie i stand by that i'm gonna talk about it more in the coming weeks but uh the sequels while decent really taint people's perception of this movie and i hate that i i i like the I, sequels. I, don't know. I don't know how it would have happened but i wish this movie would have come out and then the Wachowskis just moved to Mars or something. Like, just <laughs> forget it. Don't make sequels to this movie. I would have, in that universe, I would be livid because I would be like, they should have made sequels to The Matrix. The Matrix is a masterpiece. The sequels to this movie would have kicked ass. But that version of me doesn't doesn't understand. He just doesn't know. Yeah, and, and I guess we'll get to those movies. But, uh... I'm going to say this right off the bat. I highly recommend it. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to have the same uh, highly recommended, correct? It's terrible. Don't, don't voice it. <laughs> Zach, what about you? It's just edgy, grim, dark, fucking school shootery bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's great. It's probably one of the best movies to come out in the last 30 fucking years. Uh, definitely one of the top 10 movies of 90s, I would say. Uh, yeah, I recommend it. Cool. All right, let's get into our first Christmas movie. Uh, Zach, you picked Silent Night, Deadly Night. One That's right. I picked. I have a question. I was going to have a question. I know the answer because you love horror movies, but like, why mm -hmm. this specific horror movie? Okay, so uh, it was mostly because I had never seen it. Uh, I just knew the a key scene from the movie, and I, I before I even saw that scene, I saw the scene of the guy from Silent Night Deadly Night Two, where he's just walking around a neighborhood shooting people, <laughs> and like he sees that guy taking the trash out, and he goes like Garbage Day, and then what? what? No, and he shoots. <laughs> but like it's just, every time it makes me laugh. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I was just like, I need to see these movies, and like, you know what? This fits my criteria. That I like to sneak in a, a horror movie again for a Christmas movie, so I picked it, and I thought that it was going to be similar in tone to like that scene that's I would say infamous from this movie, and then from the other one, and it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Uh, some elements of it are still a little ridiculous, like that this guy dresses up like Santa Claus and he just turns into a, I don't know, like an idiot and just starts saying punish and just murdering people. He goes crazy. He's a crazy person. I mean, if anyone had motivation for it, I guess it's him. That, that's always what I've said about this movie, is it has one of the most compellingly reasonable motivations for someone to go a killing spree. Yeah, he had a pretty shit life. I mean, like, he witnessed his grandpa scared the shit out of him at a mental institution. Like, I, that, I just... that alone, that by itself, child's card for life. That's, for that's, real! 
that kid's going to therapy. That kid cannot handle Christmas. Uh, the kid is, is going to be maladjusted. He's not going to handle relationships well. No, he's already like, ruined. He's crying. Else. <laughs> the grandfather was crying. <laughs> you need to be good. <laughs> good <boy. laughs> If you see Santa, you better run, boy. <laughs> oh but I, I just love how they pull up to that place and it just goes, uh, like, Utah Mental Hospital. It just zooms in on that fucking sign. <laughs> and, yeah, you see you see the scene of, of him talking to Grandpa by himself. And they, they think Grandpa's vegetable, but Grandpa fucking had his, pulled his shit together to warn Billy about Santa Claus. Yeah, is he... I, I can't decide if the movie's trying to imply that... He he like had a moment of of clarity clarity or if he's just like I, criminally insane like I, what's going on here? I think like the movie doesn't really like establish this one way or another. This is just no. my opinion that he witnessed a Santa incident himself and it mentally broke him. <laughs> and, and like so, but like he had a moment to talk to somebody, and he could get away with it. Nobody would really believe him because it's a small child, I guess. The, he, just, he wanted to warn him about Santa too before it's too late. The way I kind of, in my head, and I don't know if it's real or not, what like the director and the writer did, but like the aura of evil somehow gets passed around in this Santa stuff. Like, obviously, he sees the evil of the, the, the guy, the robber who dresses up as Santa fucking, like, uh, sexually assaults his mother and kills her and, like, shoots his, she's, shoots she's his dad, dad in the head. Yeah, and then he, like, gradually that evil grows in him to where he becomes a killer. And then, like, and I know I'm jumping around, but at the end, like, when he dies, like that evil aura goes into his brother at the end. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, it, it's like he became, he became the thing he was afraid of his entire life. He yeah. became evil Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, spe- speaking of his brother, I got good news for you guys. Uh, just by having watched this movie, you've seen more than half of silent night, deadly night too. <laughs> I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> uh, don't look my advice to you. I, uh, with my, my roommate in college and I decided to watch this movie. We were like, lol, it's going to be terrible. And then we watched it. We were like, that is a pretty good slasher movie. The movie's not that bad at all. We're going to immediately watch the sequel, like, the next week. And the sequel is his, you know, spoiler, do you care about spoilers of slasher movies? No, I don't care. Uh, uh, the sequel is his brother, his younger brother, talking to a therapist about the first movie including all the stuff that he was an infant for. He remembers all the events in the car, even though in the car he's like, you know. <laughs> he's like a blob. Yeah. How's he going to remember anything? Well, he remembers it all. He remembers shit he wasn't there for because Bullshit. he tells the therapist the events of the first movie and how it scarred him. And that's like 50 minutes of the runtime. It's just him recapping the first movie and them showing clips of the first movie. They basically just take this this hour and 25 minute movie condense it down to 50 minutes. And then the rest of silent night, deadly night two is, you know, the, the memeable nonsense you see. Well, that doesn't even happen at Christmas, by the way. Oh, well, I'll still, <laughs> I'll skip ahead maybe and then see the, those parts. But... Yeah. Like that, that, that'd be the way to go. Like anyone who has got to see silent night, deadly night two, 
watch like the first, I don't know, like five five minutes or something. I think it like sets up what's happening, and then just like buzz, 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 buzz until you see something new, and then just watch the end. That's so but again, weird. my recommendation would be separate them by like a year. Don't don't watch them a week apart like we did because we were like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like I kept looking at the time and be like, "Surely they're gonna wrap up soon. They gotta wrap this up soon. They, <laughs> they're gonna wrap this up soon." He's like telling telling her about how his older brother had impaled this woman on a deer and stuff. And it's, how do you know you weren't there for that? Like it doesn't make any sense. He read the police report. <laughs> tell, tell him about all the, the personal interactions and conversations he had with his co-workers at the store. Listen, we got to talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night in a bubble. We can't let the sequels taint the brilliance of the original. I'm sorry. It's just the sequel is just so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. That's it. I, 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 I strike it from my mind. It's okay. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, like also that evil Santa at the beginning who I, you call him evil Santa, he's just some asshole dressed up as Santa to commit crimes. In, so in the credits, he's just called Killer Santa. Killer Santa. He, he kills he kills the guy at the convenience store, and by the way, that guy dies in a hilarious fashion because like he gets shot, and then like he tries to shoot him one more time, and he shoots him again, and he kills him, and then he shoots him a third time, but in that one scene that that frame. Where after he shoots him the third time, he has like this stupid cartoonish look on his face. Like his tongue's hanging out and his eyes are rolled back. It's weird because he's like already <laughs> dead and then the killer Santa just shoots him again in the forehead. Why? <laughs> it's almost like that scene from A Christmas Story where those guys have X's on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, and yeah, he breaks down on the fucking, he, either he breaks down on the highway or he just m- makes it look that way. Mm-hmm. And Like, I understand he's just... A crazy criminal so obviously he's not that intelligent but why does he do like if he really is broken down they're like hey santa claus do you need you need some help he, all he had to do is be like yeah can you give me a ride and then they would have given him a ride to town and he wouldn't have had to kill all this people he just wanted to murder yeah he's just a, he's just a terrible person I guess. <laughs> maybe he got punished and it made him want to murder people I, in, in this movie's universe, everyone has had a terrible Santa Claus experience. The 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 curse of Santa is a mantle that gets passed on. I mean, I mean, he gives several children bad Santa Claus experiences. He, he does. There's like the little girl who like I don't know what she's doing. She's just like squirming and kicking him or something. He's I, like, <laughs> if you don't behave, Santa Claus is going to come to your house. He's going to do terrible things to you. You that scene is better behave, and that, that scene is really uncomfortable. It's creepy as fuck. It's uncomfortable, and then it's funny because it's like he's whispering to her, and it's like the parents are over there off to the side, and she calls for them when he says, "Like you better stop, or I'll come and punch you." <laughs> he's so, so good, good with children. <laughs> oh I just God. thought of something though. I was gonna say, and then later in the movie, he traumatizes another little girl when he gives her a box cutter, a bloody box cutter. Is that the same girl, maybe? No, I don't think it no. is. I, no. I didn't think it was. That that would have made too much but sense. I, she had darker hair. I, and she didn't seem traumatized at all, by the way. Like she sees she the, more perplexed. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> Santa, you you're here. Give me a present. And he's like, You've been naughty naughty. You're naughty. a little kid. You've been told your whole life Santa Claus is a nice guy. He's gonna come to your house and give you some stuff as long as you're good all year. And she seemed pretty confident she'd been good all year that's what she told everyone i've been good all year i've been a good little girl so she's told her whole life santa's gonna come to your house he's gonna give you some sweet stuff here's santa claus she says i was good where's my loot 
Got a so, box cutter. Bloody box cutter, so. She was traumatized later, though, because she went and found her sister, whoever that was. I don't know. Yeah, whether tits hang out or something. on the antlers and shit. Um, What'd be funny is if, if he gave her that box cutter and she just threw it on the ground, he's like, that's that's an awful present. It's like when you get socks or something. <laughs> this I, sucks. Uh, the first time I saw this movie, I thought that they were setting up, oh, she's traumatized now. In the second movie, she's gonna be the killer, but that that was that made too much sense, I guess. Well, there's two other, three other movies after there's those five, two. Five in total. <laughs> so, I I don't know. I might be imagining this, but maybe someone told me that is what happens in one of the other ones. But that that make that would make sense because like it would be cool if she had a box cutter and that was like, or, I don't know. Whoa! I Santa's little helper box cutter murderer. Whoa! I know box foo. <laughs> I will say most of the people of his victims, by the way, were kind of assholes. All of them. Most yeah, of them. Yeah, they're naughty. They had to be punished. Yeah. They had to be. So like you had like you had like Dollar General Joe Pesci, who's like fucking <laughs> yeah. that dude is just so much like young Joe Pesci. He, he it's like somebody that looks kind of like him if you can't afford Joe Pesci. <laughs> they couldn't. <laughs> they could definitely couldn't. And he dies first, of course. He was, like, threatening him, though, too, before. I wasn't sure about this, if he was just being an asshole to him on purpose, like he didn't like him. He kept saying, like, you're slacking off. But it's like you never really see him slack off that yeah. much. Yeah, there's, like, a montage where it looks like they're buddies. And then out of nowhere, he's like, this last week or two, you've been a real fucking asshole. I'm sick of it. I'm going to swear at you all the time. It's like, whoa, dude, settle down. Did he get pissed just because he wouldn't take that J&B? He, was, he, he offered him a drink, and he's like, no, thanks. I have milk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I assume it's because it's it's Christmas time and he's getting all like, you know, he's getting antsy. His his brain box don't work so good. I like no. when he, I like when he sees the sign in the Santa. He's like, oh my god, his reaction is hysterical because <laughs> he's playing that music and he's like shaking and turning red, like he's not start crying. <laughs> Damn, man, but that's not bad. But- One of my favorite parts is when the sister calls to like check on him. And the woman's like, oh, yeah, he's got a new job. He's Santa Claus. And she's like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> you know what bugged me about that, though, is how he just, like, went along with it. Like, he has this deep phobia of Santa Claus. Like, this deep scene. He's got to be good. Yeah, but he, it's like, couldn't he just be like, can you can you ask, like, Dollar Tree Joe Pesci to do it instead of me? Like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with this. To be fair. Also, I... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, to be fair, I think like the reason why he did is like it's like the thing like oh my manager told me I got to do something I better do it like yeah, authority figure. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand like how many people work at that store. You only see five. Three cashiers because I, uh, I think he yeah. he also did the cashier. So like him, the two cashiers, and then the back I, I, the Joe Pesci. Uh, knock off Joe Pesci he was kind of like the backroom manager I guess because he was always on the desk unless he was just a lazy fuck and he's just a full timer just telling him what to do but I I just imagine him being the 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 manager in the back room the stock room and then you had you know the old lady which was probably the front front end manager with the the young lady that gets raped uh, by scuffed uh, Joe Pesci, which, by the way, I I, I want to go back to like the people being assholes because he stop he stops a rape from happening. 
but then she just responds, "You're fucking crazy." And, uh, and right off the right off the bat, I'm like, well, "He does strangle a guy with Christmas lights. <laughs> he murders him to death with Christmas lights." Yeah, I mean, it's but cool come that he on, the rape, but that's that's. It's the crazy, most that's a crazy thing to do as today in culture the most traumatizing in women is being raped if uh, her rapist gets killed shouldn't she be happy <laughs> like like i mean you witness both really awful things at once maybe it's like <laughs> it won't won't have a positive effect yeah, it's like oh no i'm being raped how could this get worse <laughs> like maybe if she killed that guy in self defense it might have gone over better Mm-hmm. But she didn't do it. She witnessed somebody else do it, and it wasn't even like, oh, you know, he hit him in the head with a hammer and he just died by accident. He fucking wrapped his neck around Christmas lights and lifted him with one arm until he choked to death and died. Yeah. <laughs> like he gained freakish strength in that moment. Yeah. Like, uh, she immediately realizes I've been working with a rapist and a murderer this whole time. This <laughs> oh shit. Well, my re- move. My response is like. I, I was like, kill that bitch. <laughs> like, like that's my, like, you just saved her life because he wasn't going to kill her. He's like, I, I've done, well, one. No, I, th- I think he was going to kill her anyway. He I was think probably he... going to kill her anyway. That was the impression I got. He had snapped at that point. He's gone. He, mm. When he saw them kissing, when they were back there kissing, he made his mind up because he was, he was, he was about to enter a relationship with this girl, but he had like a performance anxiety issue and he couldn't. He had a mental break, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think it kind of ruined his chances. Yeah, and then he was like, "No, that was for me." <laughs> he fucking lost his mind. And, and then he kills the uh, the owner, which you know he's he's a drunk asshole that uh, forgot about his dead parents, and uh, uh, we call the um, makes him go into the Santa costume, and then obviously like the bow and arrow thing had to be fucking hilarious, by the way. With the the one old lady, uh, I I wouldn't. She's like the most the least one. I was like, ah, she was not really an asshole to him. She was just. Yeah, she didn't really seem bad. She's not just, true. There was one that was even better. There was one girl that worked there who who's blonde, and she had kind of like a um, she had a haircut kind of like what um, oh hell, I'm forgetting her name. Uma Thurman had in like Pulp Fiction. I forget the name of the haircut. She, you only see her in like that one scene when they're like, "Yay, we're closed. It's we can we can party now." She got the fuck out of that party before she get murdered. Obviously, mm-hmm. good job her. She went home and then she's like, "Oh my god, my entire store team is dead." <laughs> the next morning. Yeah, and then yes, I, I just got promoted to manager. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next two people he killed, the one with the them having sex on the pool table. Uh, I was like, they're kind of assholes too. Guys, just- by the way, that's that's an asshole move having sex at somebody else's pool table. Pool table, what? yeah. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Man, I would beat the fuck out of that fucking bastard if I found out about that. <laughs> you can't find anywhere else to do it. Though yeah. it does, it does set him up for that two ball corner pocket line. That's just- that was pretty slick. How about the music in this movie too? When he puts on that, there's like music. There's like two songs from this same guy with the vocals. I'm pretty sure. Like when he. When Billy's back there doing his stock work and it's like uplifting montage of like I'm I'm doing self improvement things. I'm working during holiday season. It's everything's going good. It's like that's a good it's a good early eighties butt rock Christmas song. Okay. And then the same thing happens when he's like, I can't stand this noise, this carol and shit. He, that same the, artist. <laughs> the music in this movie is bizarre because it's all like 
it seems like it was purposely written Christmas music for this movie, and I'm sure it wasn't. But I've never heard any of these songs outside of this movie, so that leads me to believe someone composed a bunch of pop Christmas songs for Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. But um, yeah, they eventually he makes his way to that house and murders the two of them. Although that guy puts up a little bit of a fight. Yeah, man, get some. He gets a rhubarb. You never rub another man's rhubarb. He didn't let him. He fucking let him have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got thrown out a window and just it was like he got cut in half almost by a piece of glass and shit. Yeah, after the fall, I'm always like, that shouldn't have killed him. And then you see the glass. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't think that's how that works, but okay. <laughs> I don't think it works that way either, but like, okay, you convinced me. He's dead. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite, though, was when Beavis and Butthead show up and steal some guy's sleds. That's the best. That's the best kill. I love that because he's, he's he comes down he comes down the hill, and he's like, "Yeah, come on, man, it's fucking awesome, yeah." And then the guy comes down headless. Oh, it's it's wonderful. And that. he's like, "Oh my god!" He's like freaking out. <laughs> like, Again, uh, seriously, like what assholes just show up to other kids? Just like, hey, these are our sleds now. Fuck you. And they look like they're like sixteen or something. Both of them. <laughs> Who is like? It's the middle of the night on Christmas Eve. You're like, let's sneak out and go sledding. Yeah. Hey, it was 1984. That was a different time. (laughs) Go home and wait to unwrap your NES the next morning, you idiots. (laughs) Another another (laughs) asshole people that got killed. Um, In in my opinion, kind of deserved it a little bit. Another person that deserved it was the cop that shoots a deaf Santa that's not the... (laughs) Killer Santa. Yeah, I, fucking. I hate, I hate when horror movies do that. That's the mean spirited, like, well, they killed the wrong guy, kind of shit. I don't like that. That's stupid. Just fucking cops, man. You're always <laughs> shooting people first, ask questions after the fact. He he was sad about it, but obviously he was naughty and needed to be punished. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one too, because they they creep you out the whole time. He's like skulking around uh, at the bottom of those stairs. He's like. Phew, no crazy Santa's down here. And then he's going upstairs. And he's like, naughty. And like, he, <laughs> he fucking pulls a shining on him and gets him right away with the axe. And you're like, right oh, shit. <laughs> that was a good one, too. I you know what we all wanted to see, though. We wanted to see him get the mother superior. Yes. And you kind of wanted to see her get it. I want And I will say I kind of got pissed off that he got shot because I was like, he took that away from us. Yeah, because Mother Superior definitely drove. Uh, I mean, obviously the the terror of seeing his family being killed, but she nudged him into what he is today, or what he was. There was a trophy for like worst at handling children. She'd have it. Like mm-hmm. everything she does is wrong. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously he 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 gets to the. The, the church and they're all like by the way like after seeing a, a guy get shot by the police like you would think the door would be unlocked actually with the kid unlocked it i guess yeah that's right and it's, it's like oh santa claus kick ass but you would think they would like lock each other in like a room or something where like it's harder for like a killer to get you but they all just decided to be in the lobby um area yeah. where, where it's easy for you know him to enter and all that stuff but like he dies, and then like the brother looks at Mother Superior and says naughty and kind of leaves. Naughty. 
And then a bunch of the cycle continues. A bunch of kids got traumatized by Santa, bad Santa stuff happening. Mm. <laughs> Every child in that town was successfully traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, because my, my final thoughts in this movie, like I, I went into this movie, I'm like, this is silly. But like every time like shit was getting intensified with the kills and like what was happening, I was like, this is funny and great at the same time. Yeah, this movie's not bad. Like I, I genuinely think it's an above average slasher movie. It's a good old time. Mm-hmm. So I, I recommend this film. What, what about you guys? Yeah, of course. A hearty seasonal recommend. Nice. Especially in Christmas time. You need to see this in Christmas time. In Christmas time yeah, only. You can watch- you can watch Black Christmas and then Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then I'm sure the the Krampus, the new Krampus one was was good too. Um, I'm sure I'll find a fourth one someday, and you can have a whole month of like ho- good horror themed Christmas movies. <laughs> Here's a list of 36 titles on IMDb of Christmas horror. Interesting. So, so you've got you've got at least 32 more. We'll yeah. see. I'll I'll be the judge. <laughs> so next week we will be talking about Matrix 2 Reloaded um, and then also Jingle All the Way 2 is that what you're going with Andy? yeah if we're doing bad movies like I said this movie isn't bad but whatever if, that, if that's what we're doing Jingle All the Way is like this isn't like a lol, lol, lol this movie's bad I bet I love it I think Jingle All the Way is a genuinely good movie I love that Christmas movie and they made a sequel to it, and it stars Larry the Cable Guy. And I must bear witness. <laughs> <laughs> so remember to watch those two movies and come back, and we'll talk about it. Um, other than that, I don't think we have any news to talk about. Um, everything is kind of stagnant until um, after the holidays. The only thing that happened really was the Spider-Man uh movie tickets sold out really quick quickly and scalpers are selling it for like thousands of dollars apparently Fuck. For, yeah for, for the movie yeah why because i don't know people wanted it i don't want to get spoilers i don't want to get spoiled on it oh, there's gonna be several spider-man yeah what about what about the the resident Evil 4 remake leak oh yeah that's right dc douglas the voice actor wesker um uh kind of just spoiled and gave it like uh developer art sketches of wesker to people and he said don't uh, say anything and then they said something and now dc douglas does not have a twitter uh and most likely i mean we obviously knew that a remake was happening but like we didn't know any details and obviously because of the video game awards that are coming up um it's probably safe to say that they're going to release a trailer during that award show so one could hope yeah i I guess we'll see um but wesker looked really cool i i think i need did you ever see the uh sketch of it or do i need to get a link for you zach i i saw it it looked yeah it looked good um allegedly he leaked some other stuff too but like none of that's in circulation Mm. so who knows yeah. Part of me wonders if it, this was a stunt, though. Maybe. Like, they, they're like, hey, why don't you go leak something? You know, like, something like that. That is that is a thousand percent something that places do. Like, that, that, that's that been confirmed, that there are 
press agencies, and that's one of their policies. Especially because it's something really kind of innocuous. It's just a concept sketch, a concept sketch for Wesker from the Resident Evil 4 remake, allegedly. Mm. Yeah. But I, I guess we'll see. Maybe soon we'll get a trailer. I was hoping maybe like Capcom would be like, okay, I guess we're going to launch a trailer today on Monday or on Monday. And it never happened. So they're going to probably stick until video game awards or maybe not even video game awards. Maybe like a little later down the line because Capcom loves to do, oh, we're releasing this. And then a couple of months, the game comes out. So maybe that's yeah, maybe kind of, they've kind of gone to Nintendo's playbook. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess we'll see on that. But I think we'll end it here, guys. Um, remember, The Matrix 2 Reloaded and Jingle All the Way to 2 is next week. Uh, remember to catch Big Trouble Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. I think this Thursday we're doing a Getting Some Color. Is that our plan? Brother, if you're ready for it, I am too. Okay, so this Thursday we're doing Getting Some Color. Um, and I still need to finish um, the Nemesis Project, the uh, Revelations one. Uh, and then we also have Welcome to Raccoon City that we're going to be able to talk about on the Nemesis Project as well. So keep an eye out on that for as well. Yeah. But until next time, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Punish. <laughs>